Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventures play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. We open up on a dark forest in the dead of night. We move along the forest floor as if looking through the eyes of a tiny creature with dark vision. We quickly skitter from tree trunk to tree trunk, our view constantly moving from side to side as if scanning for danger. We hear the hoot of an owl and we quickly turn around and scan the canopy high above us. Then. We quickly dash through some underbrush and find ourselves at the edge of the forest beneath the leaves of an ancient fern. We push aside the leaves and reveal a two-story building. At the back porch, we see three humans illuminated by the warm glow of an oil lamp. One of them wears a kilt and puffs on a pipe. He then blows out a smoke ring and we watch it slowly float off into darkness. And Cullen, uh, before you turn in for the night, you you go back out for a smoke and uh, you know check on the watch. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And uh, at one point, you think you heard a voice out in the darkness. It's a high-pitched human voice. And it sounded like they said, Utini. Oh, no. What, what the fudge, bro? Oh, no. Mm, what do I do first? Freak out. I say to the guard, Men, mind yourselves. Look sharp. If you see a wee little person running around out there, know that it's a demonic little doll. Remember the story earlier. The Gargan. It walks among us. (laughs) Prepare yourselves. When you look at it, don't think, Oh, it's just a wee doll, no. It is dangerous. And then I... Get up, go off into the, into the, into the, into the building, and I, I find Esmeralda on the ground, and I, I gently roll her, shake her arm. Esmeralda. What is it? What? Damn it! I was having Utini. a good dream. Utini. What? Why are you trying to freak me out? What the hell's going on? I heard it in the woods. <laughs> oh Jesus! It was a distant voice, oh, a tiny distant voice. Is it voice. that stupid rock, or is it really hearing? Okay, okay, get up! I just, she throws her. I just thought you out. should know. And she runs. She just runs away to the door, where he <laughs> said he was standing. And there's the two guys there. I'm like, did you guys hear something? Uh, no, we we didn't hear nothing. Okay, this is freaky. You didn't hear anything, but he heard it. He was standing right here. Well, he's probably got a higher perception than we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, I'm going to... AC! AC! Go do some recon. Tell me if you see that godforsaken doll. Oh, Kirkin, are you out there? Kirkin! Kirky, Kirky! Kirky, Kirkerson! There's no response. Just eerie silence. We got to go... We gotta pack our shit up and get out of here. <laughs> Everybody pack your stuff up! Pack what? it up! Come on, let's go! Let's what go! What are you doing? 
Baron now. No, no, Esmeralda. I was just dreaming over here. What are you waking an old man up for? We need to wait till daylight. I'm not going out there in the dark with that thing running around. Jake, calling her Utini out in the woods. Utini! Damn it. <laughs> what a minute. Stupid thing. I'm not calling that damn doll. Okay. Jake hates that doll. There's no way Jake is going to call that doll. <laughs> He's going to go hide in the corner before he does that. <laughs> okay, this is what we got to do. We got to have extra watches, guys. And one of us, these guys, has to be up, too. Got to uh, take watches. Esmeralda, set the alarm. Set the alarm spell. Yes. Liam, Max, get over here. Hey, what's going on? What's What's happening? It's a long story. I'm going to make it short. There was this evil doll I bought at a store. I thought it was cute. <laughs> I trained it to be my friend. We put it on the lookouts, and I taught it how to say Utini and other cute things. And then we ended up at this thing. It was raining out, and then we went to this place, and we thought it would be nicer to stay in the house instead of in the in the barn, which was a stupid idea. And we got stuck in the spooky house. It took. It took a really long time, like like six episodes, to get out of it. I thought you were trying to make this story shorter. <laughs> it's an evil doll. Have... I don't think you need more than that. So, anywho, it, one of the things it would say is Utini, and when Colin was out there, he heard Utini. Now, the two things could be happening here is the doll that we thought we killed is alive, or Colin is I somehow... didn't think we killed it. Just because yeah. the house fell down doesn't mean it was dead. That's true. All right, so what are you guys doing to uh, to deal with this uh, possible threat? Taking watches? I'm just going to stand by the door. Yeah. Stand by the door and look out into the darkness and keep my e- ears peeled. And then, you know, when when uh, my shift for watch is over, I'll take the first watch. Okay. And when it's over, um, yeah, I just leave instructions with the next guy to... Next group to, because um, we're gonna leave at least, you know, like I would say four guys, one looking in every direction. Okay, looking watch. out the windows. Yeah, I got a question for you because what I want to do, I've got this augury scroll, and I want to know if I could um, use this to tell kind of an overall thing. Is it good or is it evil or, I mean, is it good or bad that Eric, that uh, Cullen is wrapped in this stole and using this gem? Uh-huh. Um, because all of a sudden he's now he's sitting here and, and I now he's talking <laughs> about the freaking Kurgan. Right? Uh-huh. So it's like he's like bringing shit back. And it's like, I don't think that this is a good idea anymore. So I want to use this augury scroll to see if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Gertrude okay. made the stole. Gertrude made the Kurgan. Yeah, so all the shit that she had is coming back. <laughs> so the Kurgan. That's might what I was also just saying to the guy the over here. I know. That's that's what Esmir is talking about, and we need to maybe figure this out. So mm. I pull out this augury scroll, okay. and um, going to talk to Agma. 
I'm gonna talk to uh, to Agma. Okay. Oh, Agma, would you be able to help me figure out if my two T, <laughs> Cullen McGregor over here, is uh, adorned in 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 bad things, or or is it fine if he wears this, or this is, doesn't seem good? Well, the spell here says that you have to ask about a specific course of action. Okay. If Cullen McGregor continues to wear this adornment of of uh, of his of his feather stole and 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 carries this rock that he's now attuned to big pebble I believe he called it <laughs> will it wield bad results for us in the near future okay so it takes a minute to cast the spell and as you begin the ritual the candles in the room flicker like there's a breeze right <laughs> yeah and you all feel like a, a presence enter the space. It's Gary. It's Gary because it's the old Gary. It's the old Gary scroll. Gary. <laughs> oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Is this creepy stuff or is it cool? <laughs> or how about Og? It's Og. It is. It's Ogma. Because it's, it's his it's scroll. Augury. Og. And I think you uh, you pulled out some of your uh, religious stuff from your backpack, right? And you set it up like a Ouija board. Yeah. And you place your holy symbol down on the table and it starts to spin around, right? Yeah. And the candles, they start to flicker faster as the holy symbol spins between wheel and woe. And then suddenly the candles flare brighter and the holy symbol stops right in between wheel and woe. Oh. It's both. Good and bad. It's good and bad. Mm. Okay, I, hmm. that's vague. <laughs> I hate when gods are vague. You could die or you could not die. I don't like that. Esmir, Agma has spoke. It is good and bad. That was the dumbest scroll. Gary's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> it was free. Um, I don't think it's a coinky dinky that we did that and then the next thing you know, the Kurgan's here. I know, and I hate that thing. So mm. that's the bad. What's the good? What That's good not may come real. of this? That's not real. I think the only good that can come of this is the fact that you can enter into this ethereal plane. El and... Esmeralda, why don't you hide this uh, this here stole in, in, in that bag of holding? No. No? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Take your stole and get your creepy rock and get the hell away from me. <laughs> No. Jake has a bag of holding now. Jake! Tutor! Could you put this stole in your bag of holding for me? Hmm. Maybe you hold on to the rock and then I will just put the stole into the bag. Thank you. We I need feel to a split, lot better about We need that. to split these two things apart from one another. Maybe that will do Hey, But I think it's the stole that it's attracted to. Oh! Well, then give me the rock. You... <laughs> You keep the stole. I'm keeping the rock. <laughs> if I wake up and there's a Kurgan staring at me in the face, I'm coming after you. I think he might just be, he might just be hearing it. It's possible. But the DM said it sounded like it was coming from the, from the forest outside. Yeah, but. 
Yeah. That could just be an illusion. Mm. All right. All right. So you guys take your precautions. You set up extra watches. You, uh, you, uh, you set up an alarm and you send AC out to recon. And eventually the morning comes and nothing happened. Oh, okay. Hey, before anybody walks outside, let me take a look and see if I can find tiny little footprints. Okay. <laughs> so you, you want to go out and do like a survival check? Yes. I'm going to do a survival. I'm going to look for tiny little footprints. Okay. So as Cullen heads outside <laughs> to do that, uh, what are the rest of you guys doing? Like your morning rituals and stuff? Oh, yeah. I'll do the next day. Say my prayers. Okay. Say my prayers to Agma so I can get my spells. And I'm going to roll my portents. Okay. Two. Ooh, that's a good one for the Kurgan. And a one. And a oh, one. That's a that's better could one. could be very good. <laughs> a one. That's and a fumble, two. automatic fumble right there. And then let me roll my bag of tricks. A guy's ready. This better be a six. Everybody put out the six vibes. Six vibes, six vibes, six vibes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. it is. It's the Panther. Panther. <laughs> Arthur Pantherelli. Yeah. <laughs> all the villagers are freaking out. They're all running back. It's cool, inside. man. It's cool. It's cool. He's cool, man. No, no, He's no. Cool. Yeah. It's the dolls you have to worry about. Yeah. Yes. Not the large jungle cats. Panther good. Dolly's bad. Got it. Panther good. Dolly's bad. <laughs> All right, so Cullen, you're uh, you're walking around the perimeter in the early morning light here, checking for tiny little footprints. So go ahead and roll a, a survival check. Eighteen. Okay. I whispered what you perceive. Oh my God, Esmeralda! What? Tiny footprints. Look. Wee little footprints went over there. I knew it. I knew it. Drop that thing. God bless it. She was out here last night. I didn't lie. I'm not hearing things. Okay, I'm going to make sure Esmir wants to see them with her own eyes. I draw my sword. Shh. Slowly. Get everybody ready. We're getting out of here now. So Esmir, you run over to where Cullen's standing and you, you get down on the ground and you see tiny little footprints. God. Darn See? it! Don't wander off into the brush, even to take a massive wee. <laughs> Can we track them? Do they lead somewhere? No, we need, we can't sprawl it up. We can't go too far away from the group. We just need to take it on the heel and toe. Get out of no, here! And she's gonna she's gonna be like Gollum. She's gonna be with us all the time. Like we're gonna see her in the bushes. I know. I'll be waiting for her. This time I'll finish it. I'll finish it. Yes. I'm, I'm wondering, though, because it didn't hurt us in the night. It was here. It left footprints, and it didn't hurt us. So maybe... Oh, she's torturing us. Oh, well, you know, strength in numbers. She's just a wee little doll. Did you have the stole and the stone before when we got into the fight with her? No. no Elric had, had those things afterwards. Oh, Gertrude had them. Yeah, Gertrude. Gertrude it's had something it. connected to Gertrude. I think right. it's the soul. So maybe this Kurgan would be on our side now. No. Because you no. I don't want it around. No. But um No. Okay. Cause she it showed up when we when we attuned to the stole. 
And he's still attuned to it. No, he didn't attune to the stole. I attuned to the stone. He attuned to the stone. Oh. Just the stone. Just to the stone. I've got a bad feeling about this. I'll see you guys in a little while. And at that, I used the stone to go into the ethereal plane to look for her. Okay. Nice. He puts the ring on. Okay, so you hold the heart stone in your hand and you focus on the ethereal plane and suddenly the world turns black and white and misty. And the rest of you uh, see Cullen suddenly disappear. And Cullen, besides everything turning black and white, uh, you can only see out to 60 feet. So anything past that is like a inky black void. And you can see a wispy Esmir right there next to you, uh, looking down at the footprints. And you, and can, you can hear Esmir yelling, that stupid dog is gonna hit dolls and dolls is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got a minute in here, Cullen. Uh, what do you want to do? I try to follow the little feet print, see if it comes from any particular direction or goes off in a direction. Okay, so you you follow the tiny footprints and they seem to kind of meander around the edge of the woods here for a bit. And then they go off into some some thick underbrush. And at that point you lose the trail and you can't find it again. Hey, Gargan, if you're out there, I want you to know, I don't, you know, uh, you know, uh, let bygones be bygones, you know? I tell you, if you, de- if you do me no harm or my friends, I'll do you no harm. But uh, if you do, try to threaten anyone. Well, I'll make you suffer before I burn you. <laughs> That's a promise from a McGregor. <laughs> and then I exit the ethereal plane. Bro, that was cool. And you didn't hear any response while you were in there. Mm. It was all, you know, eerily quiet. Mm. And all you could hear was Esmir in the material plane uh, screaming about how much she hates dolls. Esmir's screams transcend space and time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys and the caravan of villagers finish loading up, and you guys head out and leave the abandoned town of Ulevin behind. I, I let I let the smaller pe- people that are light ride on the panther. Hey, you want a panther ride? <laughs> no, nobody takes you up on it. All right, so I, I hop on my panther. I'm like, okay, it's you guys are missing out. But you know what? Now your pony's free. Yeah. So someone will definitely uh, take a ride on Clippity Clock. Nice. And not too long after you left Ulevin you see an overgrown path that leads into the woods. And you three know that that path leads to the ruins of the mansion that's now Gertrude's tomb. As we pass the trail, Esmir puts her hand up and blocks that side of her face. That's hilarious. I was going to do the same thing, but I yes. think Jake, can't, <laughs> Jake almost has to look. So as we pass, I just can't stop staring down that path making sure that no Kurgan comes running at me or any other ghastly, nightmarish thing. I slow my horse, look off into the woods, slowly ride by as my head turns. And then as I get a little ways past it, 
They turn to look down the head, down the road ahead, and then shake my head slowly back and forth. Cursed place. And as you travel, the day is clear and warm in the sun. And around mid-afternoon, the iron road begins to make its way through the open grassy plains that you guys traveled through when you got caught in the storm, right? Mm-hmm. So as you guys travel, we cut to various shots of your caravan slowly moving along the tall grasses and lonely trees in this vast expanse of the Delambeer Vale. So during this travel montage, what are your characters doing when we cut to them? I pick up stones from the road as we go and toss them into the woods, oh, sorry, into the fields. I'm a little more skeptical of this travel now, so I'm kind of keeping my eyes. I'm, I'm looking from the book um, and back, and to the book and back, and occasionally um, just to, just to check on our surroundings and make sure that um, there nobody's waiting in ambush, as well as once in a while checking on the people in the back to see if there's anyone who needs to. Um, uh, you know, needs to get off their feet for a while and maybe, you know, trade out somebody in the wagon with somebody who needs the wagon. Okay. Esmeralda, play us a tune, will ya? Esmeralda's bopping her head. She's on the panther. She's <laughs> bopping her head. She's like, boots and kids and boots and kids and boots and kids and boots and kids. I'm working on something, guys. It's going to be so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear it drop. My name's Esmere, and I hate dolls. <laughs> I'm not too big. Some people call me Smalls. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Jake rolls his eyes. And then we, uh, we cut to a shot of the sun touching the western horizon with the caravan and the flowing grasses silhouetted against the orange sky. It's time to make camp, and you're about halfway to Secumber. Oh, only halfway. Ooh. So uh, I'm going to uh, try an experiment. I'm going to forego my long rest and just set up a little camp, you know, about 10 yards away from the main area with my own little fire and whatnot. And I'm just going to wait and listen all night and see if I hear the Kurgan or anything else moving in the grass. Okay. I could do that like once before I start getting fatigued, right? Well, you'll definitely have a level of exhaustion tomorrow. Okay. Then I guess I have a level of exhaustion then. Yeah. I try to go up on like a little hill, hillock nearby so that I have a little elevation over everybody so I could see around. Okay. And what What's what's compelling Cullen to do this instead of, you know, staying with the group and, you know, taking watches as usual? You know, what what's Cullen thinking? Well, I feel like I've caused this problem. I'm the, the source of this curse. Do you still have the stole? No, it's in your bag of holding. But I think that it's, I think the Kurgan is drawn to the stone because I never attuned to the stole. I only attuned to the stone. Right. And I think it has something to do the ethereal plane that that's where it escaped to and it's haunting me through there so it's coming out of there at its will it's probably you know going and this back is in there just to hide a, right but this is all supposed 
I don't know, but right? you know, if it's going after anybody, it's going to go after me, probably. Yeah, so I'll I mean, be on my own and uh, within shouting distance. Right. Okay, so you guys, you see Cullen going off on his own there. What do you guys think about what Cullen's doing? Hey, if a man's got to go off alone and do his thing, you know, he's got to say, you be you, Cullen. You be you. And I, po- and I poke her with my elbow. I don't think this is smart. But I'm going to have my panther go with him. Okay. That's a good idea. I think the panther should at least trail behind him. Um, he's just going to stay there, camp with him. Um, I want to act... I want to go out to Colin and actually ask him, are you doing this on your own accord or are you feel like you're being drawn? I am just doing it on my own accord. No one's forcing me. Why are you doing it? I don't want to bring that evil little dolly into the into the uh, camp area. Ah, fully understood. Thank you. I pat him on the head and run back. That's okay. <laughs> I've got this panther here. Okay, and are you guys doing anything else before you turn in? I'm gonna work on my um, project, my jeweler's kit project. Okay. I'm saying my nightly prayers and then going back to this amazing book. <laughs> Did you know that Laduguer and the daughter of Laduguer were actually exiled from the Dwarven Pantheon? Did you know that? They were, they were, they were exiled by Moradin. Moradin, Moradin, who is the head god? He's like the manager god. Yeah, Moradin is like the like the main dwarven god. Hmm. Hmm. The big cheese. Like Zeus. Like Zeus. Or Odin. Yep. And the and Moradin led the Mordinsaman on a crusade against the dark powers of the Hammergrim. That sounds fascinating. Well, they killed Duera and Laduguer, but at the cost of Gorm and Halia. Halia, along with Gorm, died in the Mordinsaman's battle with Duergar deities Laduguer and Deep Duera. Deep Duera. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I know how to read this thing. <laughs> and you remember you found that helmet on Halia's statue in the uh, in the dungeon. Was was Dwera's helmet yep. that we knocked off of it. Right. So you've just learned that Halia and Gorm, you know, gods that you've come into contact with in a, you know, distant way, mm-hmm. um, were both killed. Yes. In the battle with Ladugar. Mm-hmm. And the Durgar. Right. Gods can die. Interesting. Yeah, but if they're dead, if if they're dead, how are they like? How is Halia blessing us? Well, unless she's like trapped in some sort of purgatory or something. Was Halia a like a demigod? Yes. Okay. Okay. So she's now in her spirit form, which so is how like she was blessing So that's like kind of like a us. demi-baguette. Is it kind of like? <laughs> It's in its bread form now. It used to be in a dough form. Now it's in its bread form. Because you ate it. Well, now she's either fully baked or fully buttered. I'm not sure. That's what Esmir doesn't understand about religion. It's too confusing. But they do exist in their spirit form. And that is how we were blessed by Halia. What happened? What, did, what was our interaction with Gorm again? I can't remember. The bloke. Oh, the bloke. The bloke face. 
Yeah, his altar is where we right. charged up the bloke battery. So he too is, in a way, just in his spirit form. So yeah, well, uh, he's even more out of it than Halia. Yeah, right. Maybe that's just Maybe. a working theory. That is. What do we know? We're just mere mortals. Right. We're just, we're just a mosquito on the Taj Mahal. <laughs> that was very fascinating. Your voice carries, you know. Have you seen the doll? Not yet. Come back. <laughs> In the morning. Oh my God! So like you're actually wandering off. No, well, I'm within shouting distance. Now, can Esmir play her harp just to play it? Yes, now that you're a bard, you can safely play it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Without causing so she's gonna havoc? start practicing, like, playing the harp a little bit. Okay. That's awesome. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. Think, think, think. You gotta do smoke on the water. Smoke on the water. Think, 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 think. There you go. The harp version of smoke on the water. Think, 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 think. Y'all went down to Faerun, dragon smoke on the water, dragon fire in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys uh, settle in for a long rest. Uh, Mags and Liam and Jack, uh, they're taking the first watch. They got like a, you know, a perimeter set up around the caravan. And Cullen, you got your... uh, your separate camp on the outskirts there. You're set on, you know, staying up all night in case the Kurgan makes another appearance. Roll me a constitution saving throw. Ah, my recently imbued constitution. Plus six. Nice. Oh boy. Oh, that oh, only you... made me an 11. And you needed it. So night has fallen on the Delambir Vale. It's a beautiful night. Millions of stars twinkle above you. A gentle breeze blows through the tall grasses all around you. Uh-oh. It's all very relaxing. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> He's setting the scene. He's setting the scene. Yeah, he is. And Esmir and Jake, uh, you guys quickly fall asleep. And Cullen, you're sitting by your fire there, petting Arthur Pantherelli. It's it's all it's very relaxing. And he's purring. Yup, he's purring. It's very it's very soothing. And the next thing you know, the three of you are standing in a lush forest and surrounded by a thick fog. Whoa! So wait a minute. I look to around. I see Esmer. I see Cullen. I look behind. Do I see our joking traveling companions? No, you're no longer in the Vale. You're like in a lush forest with tall trees and plants all around you. How did we get here? Do I have my armor and sword and axe? Yes. Oh, wow. How did we get here? I don't know. I was petting a panther. Here I am. Not many people could say that. 
Did you fall asleep and drag us into your hell? Well, how could you be in my dream? Drop that goddamn stone! <laughs> Does this look like the ethereal plane to you? I'm gonna slap. I'm gonna slap Jake to see if he's real. Okay. Does my hand go through him? No, he feels solid. Ow! What the heck oh, was that? Dude, for? you're real, bro. I just—I was just checking. It was an experiment. And I look at her and I say, "You're small." And then I look away. <laughs> <laughs> You really said that. I'm sure it hurt her feelings. I'm gonna pick up. I'm gonna pull some grass out to see if the grass is real. It feels real. And I'll throw it in Jake's face. And it feels real on Jake's face. Grass is real, bro. What grass the heck real. are you doing? I didn't drag us here. Well, don't look at me. What do you mean? Don't look at you. You're the it's one who's playing that rock. First, a big, in, you know, castle from nowhere. No, no, no. No, no, no. Now first, it makes sense to me. So, something dragged us into a different plane of existence. Or into a different location. Yes, we're all sleeping. But we are in the dream together. Or we are in, Mm. we're either in a dream together or we've been brought to somewhere else. And this whole thing started when our... (laughs) To tea. It's Big Pebble, bro. Big Pebble. <laughs> is it? Is it Big Trouble Pebble? Yeah. Hey, I looked for the stone. Is it in my pocket? Yes, it's in your pocket. Uh, I guess I could try going into the ethereal plane. If we're dreaming, I don't think I could do it. So I'm going to issue the command and see if I go into the ethereal plane. You do not go into the ethereal plane. Ah, it's, it's a dream. It's bullshit. We can't be in the same dream, guys. How you get me out of your dream? I don't know if you're in my dream or I'm in your dream. <laughs> get me out you of your dream. You could very well be in her dream and I'm in her dream and she's in mine. <laughs> well, she's not allowed in my dream and neither are you. So get me out of your dream. <laughs> but having you in my dream's no dream for me. <laughs> it's your big pebble. Asmir turns around and walks the opposite direction while they're talking. I'm saying it doesn't work in here. <laughs> it's not the pebble. It's you, the pebble. It's that little one over there walking away. Asmir, get over here. <laughs> I quit, guys, remember? Well, we'll quit together in the same direction. I follow her. <sighs> All right, so you guys wander a bit through this foggy forest, and soon you come to a clearing where the fog, you know, kind of thins out. And you see that this forest is shrouded in an eerie twilight. And you suddenly notice that all the plants and trees are leaning in one direction. Hmm. Uh. And you follow their lean and see that they're leaning towards the sun, which is a dim red orb touching the horizon. And directly opposite this sun hangs a half moon. And as you're, you know, looking at them, you soon realize that both of those celestial objects seem frozen in place, right? Neither of them move, not even the slightest bit. It's like this place is frozen in twilight. Wow. Can we do arcana checks to see if this, like, rings a bell? Or history? Sure. I'll do history. Something about permanent twilight. Hmm. Well, with that check, you've never heard of a place like this. I'm rolling history. 
Oh, shit. Oh. I got an eight. Yeah, this place doesn't ring any bells for you either. Can I roll Arcana? Well, what are you trying to figure out? I want to know if I know of a of like a magical place like this or some sort of spell that could put you in a place like this. Permanent twilight. I rolled a 22. Okay. Um, you don't know exactly where you are, but you do know that you're no longer on the material plane. Mm. This is so weird. Living in a material plane. <laughs> material! I got a, I think there's a song there, guy. And as you're looking around, trying to you know get your bearings, you suddenly hear a noise. And you turn towards the noise and see a huge lion walk into the clearing. Aslan? And then you start to realize that there's wildlife all around you. The leading forest suddenly comes to life with the sounds of animals and birds and insects. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. <laughs> guys, guys, huddle up. I think, are you guys paying attention? Yes, I I'm assuming the DM whispered something to you. No, I, I think this might be a blessing of some sort. I think this might be a good thing. Well, let's go then. I think we're in a happy place, guys. Okay, that's just, okay. Untime out, untime out. Okay, go ahead. I trust you, Esmeralda. Maybe I should slap you and see if you're in a happy place. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) At least you guys aren't bickering anymore. And then the lion speaks. Can I help you? You look lost. We are very lost. We're a day's ride out of Secumber. We were and now we're suddenly in a forest. Sleeping, and now here we are in your presence. Can you tell us a bit about where we are right now? Please. You are in Brooks. Brooks. I have never heard of Brooks. How far is it from Secumber? <laughs> is this that shady spot on the map? <laughs> what plane is this succumber on? The plane that the Delambeer Vale is on. It's the plane plane. <laughs> That's you know not what I'm an saying? answer. It's just plane. It's the plane where you can feel things and things are real and, and that sun over there would have been set by now. That plane. Ah, I see. Well, you are currently in the outer planes. In the upper planes, to be more precise, the planes with good alignment. That's what I said. Brux is a plane of neutral and chaotic good. And in this layer of Brux, all the wildlife from the prime material plane, which is where I'm assuming you're from. Hey, that's the one. That's the one. Prime material. All the mammals, birds, reptiles, fish, insects... All of them are represented here, and they call their home the Beastlands. Nice. Mm. I like it here. Well, Esmeralda will fit right in. I don't want to leave. Well, you can't stay here. You walk where the gods walk. Oh, wow. Have you ever heard of Agma? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Is he here? No, but his boys are. Huh? What boys? The boys. (laughs) His crew. And as you guys are pondering that, 
you suddenly hear a shout come from the woods behind you. Aha! Oh. Oh, I know what's going on. It's the wizard from Daggerford. You know, the nudist. Yeah, the nude guy. (laughs) The naked guy. So you guys turn towards the noise, and when you turn back, the lion is gone. Oh. I'm going to go follow the, I'm going to go follow the voice. I'm going to run towards the voice. Okay. So I would like to go toward the aha. Ah, onward. Okay. So you guys head back into the woods and make your way through the leaning trees. And you soon come upon a bald man lying on the ground. He's dressed in a white robe that's covered in handwritten uh, glyphs and symbols. And he's on his stomach. Right, so he's on his stomach, lying on the ground, and he's scribbling in a book with a quill. And next to him, on the ground there, is a lit candle in a gold candle holder. And he's just scribbling away, oblivious to you guys. Huh. Can I read the runes on his on his robe? Uh, you try, but um, none of it makes sense, right? Okay. You've, never, you've never seen most of the symbols. Okay, all right. Pardon me, mister. And when you say that, you startle the man. Oh, no. (laughs) He he abruptly sits up and turns to you. Ah! And he sports a huge white beard that uh, flares out in these wild, sharp angles. And he looks at you with these intense violet eyes. And his pupils are shaped like triangles. Ooh. And you also notice that his belt that's around his robe is adorned with pens and quill holders and scrolls and bottles of ink. And he looks at you and says, my goodness, you scared the feces out of me. (laughs) I'm sorry, but we're a little freaked out ourselves. We woke up in this uh, extra dimensional plane. I guess it's one of the higher planes. The Beastlands. But uh, we were were in the prime material just like, I don't know, five minutes ago. Huh. Interesting. Well, if you didn't come on your own, then perhaps someone invited you. Oh. Hmm. Where do you go when you're invited? Well, that depends on who invited you. Hmm. And we don't know who invited us. Hmm. And Esmir's going to walk up towards him, and she's going to walk around him, and she's going to be like, that is the coolest belt I've ever seen. Oh, why, thank you. I made it myself. That's so cool. I'm going to make one just like that. And who are you? Those guys. Well, my name's Cullen, personally, but as a collective, we're known as those guys. But this here's Jake, and that's Esmeralda over there. Of course, she's gnomish. So that's just her short name. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Pleased to meet your acquaintance. Well, thank you. And I am Denier. Denier. Uh, so what plane are you from? Oh, well, currently I reside in this place, the Beastlands. Oh. Are you a god of some sort? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I know who you are. Denier, I've heard about you. You, You are the deity of... Uh, you know, art and cartography and glyphs and images, knowledge and literature. So, you, correct me if I'm wrong, are you the scribe of Agma? Why, yes, I am. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Holy macaroni! Brother! 
Brother Denier! <laughs> Do I know you? I forget faces. I forget no, but I'm 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 Jake. I'm from the Silent Room. Oh. I'll have to sit you down and tell you all about my story sometime. But it's good to have a it's good to have a a a, a, a brother here to add oh. my side. You're a cleric of Agma. I am. I am. Oh well, welcome, welcome. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. You gotta understand about him. He never says anything just straight out. He kind of beats around the bush a bit. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, sometimes you gotta beat around the bush to flush out the truth. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You see, he understands. <laughs> well, maybe the reason why we're here is because of you. Maybe. Maybe Agma invited us up, you know, for a maybe bit of tea and, Ogma invited you know, biscuits. Us. Crumpets, maybe. Let me ask you, Denier. Yes? Is, is Agma... In this plane of existence. Oh, no. No, 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 no. He's in the House of Knowledge, which is located in the Outlands. While you guys are talking, Esmir's going to lay down in the grass and just start rolling around in the grass. Okay. (laughs) Because she really likes it here. Yeah, and Denier watches you roll around in the grass, and he's got, like, a big smile on his face as he watches you. And then he's like, wait, what were we talking about? (laughs) talking about where Agma is. Oh, yes. He is in the Outlands, which is in the center of the Outer Plains. Because, you see, the Outer Plains are arranged in a circle. Half the circle is the Upper Plains, which are the plains with good in their nature, like Mount Celestia and this plane, the Beastlands. And the other half is the Lower Plains, which are the plains with evil in their nature, like the Nine Hells or the Abyss. Ah. And in the center of this circle is the Outlands, a place without good or evil, a plane of true neutrality. And this is where Agma is, because he's Mr. Neutral, you know. Oh, yes. (laughs) Because knowledge doesn't concern itself with alignment or morality. So he's there. Wow. Here, in the Beastlands, is the library of all knowledge. Ah. And I, my eyes just light up. Like, <laughs> I'm like glowing, staring at Denier and just, uh, yeah, and, in total awe. And Esmir is skipping away into the fields there looking for animals to talk to. Okay. And as you're wandering around, you soon realize that all the animals here can talk. Oh. Like you don't even have to cast a spell or anything. They all just talk in common. It's like a Disney movie. Okay, cool. So Esmir is just going to wander off and just talk to animals. Okay. And I'm just awestruck. <laughs> I am so, so happy to meet your acquaintance. You have no idea. I've got some interesting books, you see. And then I start, <laughs> I start pulling out. I start going through my bag. <laughs> I'm going to sit down in uh, nearby cross-legged, take out my pipe, and just observe. Okay. I start going through my bag. These are going to be put back into the the silent room, you see, once I return. Excellent. Well, Agma will be quite pleased. I am pleased to be amongst you and amongst Agma at all times, you see. 
you guys. You're fantastic. Look, Sega Grin's books. I got them right here. <laughs> Look at this. And I pull out the diagram of the human anatomy. This is interesting. Yeah, and Denier, um, he finds it very interesting as well. He's, you know, he's checking out your books and he's like, ooh, that's a good one. And, oh, that's a new one. Uh, so he's, you know, he's totally into it. Oh, this is a place where I can hang out. I don't think I want to wake up now. Yes, speaking of that, what are you doing here? We have no idea. We're talking to you. That's true, but I didn't invite you here. Hmm. Well, then, where could we look? Perhaps there's a, I don't know, some special place where people go when they're summoned. Well, you'd have to be summoned by someone who lives here. Well, who lives here other than animals? And you. Well, there's me, and then there's Malil, the god of poetry and songs and inspiration. He also serves Agma. He hangs out in the Library of Knowledge with me, doing his musical stuff. Hmm. You see, I'm called the scribe of Agma. He's called the one true hand of the all-wise Agma. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> Interestingly enough, we have a newly uh, a newly uh, graduated bard over here. Oh. The one that's prancing over there through the woods. She's just, be, maybe you invited her. Well, like I said, I didn't invite anyone. Yes. I've been too busy looking for metatext. So now Esmir is in a, she has a bunch of animals around her. And she's mm. conducting her fingers like a conductor, and she's going, okay, boots and cats, and boots and cats, and boots and cats, and boots. And like, there's a cat, and the cat's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, I have to ask, if we were to go looking for this other, uh, I don't know, what do you call poetry specialist? Yeah. Which direction would we go in? Well, I don't think he would have invited you here either. And besides... I really don't want to tell you where the Library of All Knowledge is. Why? Well, it's the Library of All Knowledge. But it's some place <sighs> where I must visit. I promise I won't eat sausage and then read a book. <laughs> well, you see, we don't allow visitors without the permission of Old Lord of Knowledge. Uh, Plus, you're not really here right now. Well, and that's kind of a no-no, yeah. because you could be sleeping. Or you could be dead. Oh. But either way, there's a possibility that you're not actually in control. And someone with ill intent is using you to get knowledge that's being kept in the library. And well, that's against Agma policy as written in section 42, paragraph B. <laughs> <laughs> so then, well, we're not going to go to the library then. But how do we get out of here? Perhaps... How can we wake up from this? Well, we need to figure out who invited you. Let's see, who else lives here? There's the Cat Lord, uh, but he's kind of a loner, so I don't see him very often. Hmm. To be honest, he doesn't care about anything unless it's got something to do with cats. Hmm. Sometimes I see him in the library just knocking books off the shelves. He's kind of weird that way. <laughs> and then there's that crazy dwarf lady that's running around screaming all the time. What was her name? Kalia Brideax? That's it. She's a wild one. But I don't see her too often. Books aren't really her thing unless they're covered in blood. You know, come to think of it, I haven't seen her in a while. But it's hard to keep track of time when your nose is always in a book. Interesting. Mm. Maybe she would have invited us since we were so 
kind to her, but... Perhaps she needs to be rescued. No, she blessed us, but we didn't know what it was. Remember when I threw the... I threw the ponytail and the thing, and then yeah. a blessing happened, but yeah. we didn't know what it the was. The last offering you made, and it yeah. wasn't a bless. Yeah. Huh. Where do we well, find her? You don't know? Oh, no. She's probably in that grotto past the clearing there. That's where I always hear her war cries coming from. Well, then we're off. Esmer! Esmer! What? <laughs> Let the creatures be. We've got to go to the grotto over here, you see. Yeah, say your goodbyes. Okay, high fives, guys. High fives, high fives. We do high fives all around. And then I skip, like, all the way back, like a little kid. I skip all the way back to those guys. This place is badass, guys. I don't want to leave here. I don't want to wake up. <laughs> so I am going to um, shake Denier's hand and then pull him into an embrace uh and forcibly oh well and, and say before before we leave my friend Denier I've got a question for you that I'm hoping that you could answer um would you would you happen to know why Agma saved me and led me down the path of becoming a cleric hmm well, I'm not really privy to what Agma does in the material plane. I'm just a servant. I do all the scribing for the big guy. But you look like a nice fellow, and you are a cleric of Agma, and you've come a long way, even though you're not really here. You know what? Since you're not really here, I do have access to Agma's notes, since I'm the one who transcribes them. His notes. So I don't think it'll hurt if we take a little peek. Oh, that would be wonderful. And he opens his tome, and the pages begin magically flipping on their own. What was your name again? Jake, from the silent room. He saved me, you know. I was actually never, I was, I didn't have any faith at all, and I was brought there. And according to the old head of the of the uh, silent room, he was told by Agma of my arrival, and wow. basically was uh, told by Agma to save me and heal me and to keep me there and turn me into a cleric. Well, let's see. Is that the guy that you there killed? Must be some. Yes. Well, he didn't like me. That's a different story. I'll tell you all about that someday. <laughs> Oh, that seems a little shady. A little dissension in the ranks. And then the pages, they stop flipping, and he's like, let's see here. Jake, 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 Jake. Oh, here we go. Plain old Jake. Plain old hmm. Jake? Well, does it say plain old Jake? No, no, just Jake with no last name. Okay. Huh. There's a big question mark doodled next to your name. <laughs> question mark? Yeah, it's big. And it looks like he was really digging his quill into the paper. Practically tore through the parchment. Hmm. I wonder that doesn't sound like he was in a good mood. Oh, and in parentheses next to it, it says, Parchment Pincher. <laughs> what in the nine hells is that? Parchment Pincher. Yeah, you don't remember your invention? <laughs> the oh, Parchment Pincher funny. that held pieces together? You came up with that in Dagaford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
the paper clip. The paper clip. The paper clip. I invented the parchment the paper picture. Clip. The, the parchment picture. That's hilarious. I totally forgot about that. It's a good idea. Oh my god, that's funny. anything else in there? Uh, nope. That's it. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Oh well. Agma works in mysterious ways. <laughs> right. Agma wants you to create the paperclip. Maybe. <laughs> the parchment. That's your, your sole purpose, is to invent the paperclip. That's your great quest. That's your great quest in life for Agma. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so the characters are making their way back to Daggerford and have uh, suddenly found themselves on one of the outer plains, the home of Halia Bright Axe. Will they meet the dwarven goddess of battle and luck? We'll see. All right, so I want to take a moment and give you guys an update on Cliff. Uh, so if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that Cliff... Uh, who plays Elric, has not been playing with us uh, for a while because uh, he suffered a stroke a little over a year ago. And he's been slowly recovering. Uh, we just had a, a get-together with him. We had a little party and a campfire. And he's in good spirits, uh, but he's still having you know, a hard time uh, finding the right words. You know, He's still dealing with the aphasia, uh, but he's definitely improved uh, from this time last year, for sure. Now, I probably told you this, but, you know, Cliff's been a part of my life for over 30 years now, and my kids have uh, grown up with him around, you know, because we'd always be hanging out, and Cliff's always been an avid reader, and one day, not too long ago, uh, he gave my son Eli a box of some of his uh, favorite books to check out, and in that box was a, a folder filled with uh, Cliff's writings from the 80s, way back when we were, you know, in college together. And recently, uh, Eli read these, and he fell in love with them, and he transcribed these stories and published them into a book. Uh, and the book is called Close Shave and Other Stories. And it's like a collection of five sci-fi slash uh, fantasy stories written by Cliff, um, along with a bunch of his uh, original drawings and doodles and uh, pics of uh, models that he's built. And uh, Eli is selling them on his Instagram, and all proceeds will go directly to Cliff, and Eli will match all the purchases with a donation to the Kessler Foundation, which is a charity dedicated to helping uh, those with uh, stroke-related disabilities. So you get the book. Uh, you get a sticker with Cliff's artwork, a summary of your donation from the Kessler Foundation, plus free shipping. Right? So that's a lot of stuff. So please, you know, make a, as big of a donation as you can. You'll find a link on our Facebook page and on our Instagram. All right. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Um, go check out that link. Uh, make a big donation. And then tune in next time for a wild ride in the Outer Plains. <laughs>